Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So you're going to create an idol that represents God? made by you since you were created? That makes no sense at all. God cannot be represented by some idol that we have made. No matter how skillful, they will all be lifeless, unapproachable, nothing to say to you, nothing to do for you, simply man-made idols. Any man-made position, object, or status is not eternal. Why would you invest your time and money into worldly things that will not last? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to quit idolizing things created by man when God is the one who created man. Our Lord is not only worthy to be praised, He desires our worship. Without Him, nothing in this world would be possible. The creator of everything longs for a real and personal relationship with you today. Why would you ever idolize something or someone more than Almighty God praise Him today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Acts as he continues with part two of his message, Introducing Our Loving Personal God to Others. You see, if you're always searching for something and when the truth is presented, no, no, then it's going to, it's going to that. That's what these people did. They, they discussed, they spent their whole time, what a waste of time, and never could come to truth. So Paul's there, I'm, he says, I'm going to make it very short, I'm going to give you the truth. Now, verse 22, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus, Mars Hill, and said, men of Athens, men of Athens, I see that in every way you are, say it with me, very what? Religious. Well, Pastor Mark, that's, that's like a good thing, isn't it? Not really. But he's going to use it as a good thing. What is religion? Religion is man trying to reach up to God by being what? Good enough. Religion usually is form, rules, ritual. You go into a church service, you go through the form, you go through the ritual, and you leave pretty much like you walked out, walked in. There's no change in you. There's no life. There's no spirit of God. It's, it's just form. Nothing wrong with form. We have form here. What Paul is saying there is, you're very religious. Now, watch what he says in verse 23. For as I walked around, watch these words, I looked carefully at your object's of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Now, what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. 
So what did that look like? When Paul walked around, notice something very important. First thing, they were worshiping. How do I know that? Because that's what this guy. Every person is created to worship. It's a matter of who or what you worship. I'm not a worshiper. Yes, you are. Sorry. Something's of value, and that's what you worship. So he says, I walked around. I noticed you're very religious. 30,000 idols, and they're worshiping. They're bowing down to them. They're asking favors from these pieces of stone. And look what also he says. As I walked around, I saw this very strange thing. Please worship the unknown God. Now, why would they make an idol, a piece of stone, and, and say, this is the unknown God you can worship? Because they were so religious, here's what they were thinking. Maybe we forgot one. Now, don't laugh because they're very serious. See, they're very religious. We, we want to cover all our bases. So here's an unknown God. Now, these Gentiles didn't have any background in the scripture. So Paul's looking for a bridge, some tack to get to them, because he wants to share the gospel. And notice what, what his bridge is. You're very religious. Now, I want you to leave this up here. Notice, notice Paul didn't walk in, and he's here talking. Uh, you're going to be all the, the, the Greek philosophers at our campus. You're looking. He's talking. You go, and Paul walks in, and he goes, you know, I, I, I see you're very religious. And you total idiots, you're worshiping a stone. What is wrong with you? Are you crazy? That stone can't do anything for you. Can't hear, can't speak, can't help you. You're idiots. Now, let me talk to you about Christ. You think that would work? Now, not enough of you said no. <laughs> that would never work. See, if you go to a person that believes in idols or whatever, and you say that, you've lost already. So he says... I see you're worshiping. That's a good thing. The problem is who you're worshiping. Do you understand? We don't make fun of people because they're serious. They're, they, they, they're doing all they know. They're worshiping a stone who can't touch, who can't feel, has no personality, has nothing. Can't help them at all. But that's all they know. And so notice what Paul says. Basically, he says this. Uh, look at verse 23. Uh, I even found an altar with this description to the unknown God. Now, what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. So he's going to introduce them. These highly educated, deeply religious, clueless people to the one true God. But he's building a bridge. He's using tact to get to them. He's not tearing them down. I see your worshipers. But let me clarify some things. See, by nature, they were worshipers. They didn't know why they worshiped. We already learned God created us all to be worshipers. They didn't understand that. So Paul says, I'm going to introduce you to the one that I know. So here's what VIO is all about. Just look at this next statement. This is why we're in the world. This is why God's place is here, to share the gospel. VIO, introduce people to our living, personal God. Outside these walls, some people believe in a God. There's a whole belief that's false called deism. Which simply means this. Oh, I, be, I believe in God. Absolutely, I believe in God. He's the creator of everything. I believe in him. 
But Deists say this, when God created man, he created them and then he said to them, see ya, I'll have nothing to do with you till you get to heaven. Have a nice life on your own. You say, Pastor Mark, who would believe that? Oh, there's millions of people that believe it. God is aloof. He's not interested to be in your life. He doesn't want to have anything to do with you. He just puts you here. Now have a nice life. That's not at all. You'll see that's not at all what Paul's going to say. Very, very different. Some of you think maybe God is unknowable. No, it's not true. He's a very personal God. Now, when, when Paul is evangelizing unbelievers who know nothing about the Bible, he usually goes back to one thing, creation, creation. Paul was teaching that though they were religious, there was no personal relationship with God. They knew about God, but they didn't know God personally. You know, we've been here since 1992. Of course, I've been a pastor 40 years more than that. And I've discovered this in the church. One of the first things that happens when people come to our campus is worship is usually different, not so much anymore. Somebody teaching for an hour is very different than their church service because usually like to come in and out, boop, gone. Thank you, did my thing for the week. And I'll be back at Christmas or New Year's or whatever. But here's the thing I've discovered. You know why people stay at churches like ours where there's millions of them? is because they discover they can have a personal relationship with God. It's not just this God up here. Oh, God. What do you mean I can have a personal relationship? And when they discover that, it changes their whole life. This is what Paul said. You, you, you know about God, but religion is always a dead end. Knowing about God doesn't allow you to know God personally. You know, when you see the word, I, God says, you, you can know me. That's a very interesting word. It's a, it's a word of intimacy. When Adam knew his wife, what did that mean? Sexual intercourse. With God, of course, it doesn't mean that. It means spiritual. It's a spiritual relationship. It's intimate, a spiritual, intimate relationship. I can really know God. So these people don't know that at all. Now, how is he going to present that with creation? Look at verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. Now, when you think of that, Paul's on Mars Hill. If you go in that area and you can see where he's at, he has a great view of the temples. Remember, they worshiped uh, Zeus and Diana and uh, many other gods that had names. Just above him was a Parthenon and the temple of Athena. So he's looking at these amazing temples because they think, well, there's where God dwells. There's where our gods dwell. And he says, since God is the creator of the universe, I mean, he has a whole universe. Why would he be tied up in a little building somewhere? He, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. You say, well, Pastor Mark, where, where does God live? I mean, we're here in this building in Melbourne and Vere and Sebastian. Yeah, but I, I've been in a church building that was outside only. Because there was no building. We just met outside. The early church didn't have buildings until the second or third century. They just met wherever they could. See, where two or three are gathered together, there's God. Do you know that God's here this morning? Is he a personal God? Of course, he's going up and down the aisles. To some of you that don't know he's personal, he's already stopped and talked to you and going, whoa. You're trying to think, how do, how do I reconcile all this? Let me just say, relax, you'll be fine. 
So where does God really live? He lives in two places. Let's see if you remember this. I know you'll do really good in this one. Extra points today. When Jesus taught about how to pray, he started it like this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in Good job. You got it. God, extra point. Just mark it down for him today. So where does God live today? He's in heaven. Is he related only? Is he bound only to heaven? Does he get a hall pass if he wants to leave heaven? Well, where else does God live? He's, by the way, he is everywhere. Let's take a look at this verse. Some of you don't know this. Many of you do. And I would expect an amen when I'm finished with this. So I'm just trying to warn you. Okay, here. Paul says this. Paul's writing this. Don't you know? Now, why would Paul say to Christians, don't you know? Because they didn't know. Some of you don't know. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, speaking about Christ followers, and that God's spirit lives where? Absolutely where? In you. Turn to your neighbor and say, with a smile, God lives in me. Come on. God lives in me. You mean the God that's in the heaven lives in you? Absolutely. Do you know, we forget that. God, I need help. I don't know what to do. I got to find somebody to ask. I got to find somebody to ask God, where am I going? What's it going to be? Well, where is that? Right here. Relax. That's just God speaking to us to get your attention. (laughs) So when you think about that, how far is God from you? He's real close. In fact, he's near you. And you'll see Paul use that same illustration. So God isn't aloof. He's right with us. Now watch this. You know the principle I wrote. God not only lives in heaven, but he lives in you. Look in verse 25. And he is not served by human hands. That doesn't mean God doesn't like us serving him, because that's all we really are, servants. What Paul's going to say is, it doesn't matter what you bring to these idols, Watch what God says again. He's not served by human hands as if he needs anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. God is not dependent on man. God is totally self-sufficient. He created you and me, not because he had to, because he wanted a relationship. And that's why you and I exist. On the other hand, what am I? I'm totally dependent on God. Pastor Mark, I'm not really dependent on God. Okay, let's everybody take a breath right now. Here we go. (sighs) That's good. When God says you're done, (laughs) what's going to happen to that breath? It ain't no more. It's over. It's finished. Well, I'm not dependent. Yeah, I guess I am dependent on God. Yeah, because he gave you breath. When man was formed, man didn't become a spirit till God did what? (sighs) Breathe the breath of life into him. And when that's over... We've bought the farm. It's over. So we are dependent on God. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's not biblical. John 15, without him, we're nothing. Don't become prideful. Don't become your own idol. Now, it's the goodness of God that provides us with everything in life. So here's what I want you to write down. God is the provider of everything. We should worship and we should thank him. We should worship and we should thank him. Now look at verse 26. This is so powerful. From one man, he made every nation of men. Now stop and look at me. From one man, he made every nation of men. So what does that say? Who are we all related to today? One man, who is that? Adam. Now, Adam, of course, died, and the whole earth was cleansed 
except there was one other man that was left. Who was that? Noah, but he was in already created in the line of who? Adam. If everybody knew that we're all equal, God's made us all equal in one image, his image, doesn't matter your color, doesn't matter where you're raised, doesn't matter your language, we're all equal. Could that make a difference in our world? See, prejudice would be what? Gone. But man doesn't get that. Well, you don't speak like me, your color isn't like me. No, that's not what, notice what Paul says. We're all equal. That's a huge principle, but our world doesn't get it. It doesn't matter where you come from. We're all made. We all go back to the same father, Adam, in the image of God. Now, let me read the rest of it. From one man, he made every, how many nations? Every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. Let's go back for a moment. When God created man, Adam sinned. And then the lines went on. They began worshiping right at the beginning. They worship God. And then all of a sudden, we have these people who are trying to build the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel purpose was to reach heaven and eliminate God. That was the whole goal. So as they're building this, God looks down from heaven. He goes, well, they're not worshiping me anymore. So what does he do? He absolutely changes all of their languages. So before this guy would say, hand me a brick over here. Now he says to the guy over here, And guy said, would you repeat that? What happened to the building? God is so smart, isn't he? He just stopped it. And then what did he do with those people? He scattered them where he wanted them around the world. So we have different languages, different cultures, all of this kind of stuff. Why? Because God says, you're not going to undo me, the creator. Careful. So here you say, well, Pastor Mark, where did this come from? Here is Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. We got that one wrong too, but I don't have time to talk about that today. Male and female, he created them. What does that mean? If you were created a male, you're a male. If you were created a female, you're a female. That's enough comment. Now let's move on. Here's the next statement. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that isn't true. Read your Bible. God isn't confused. We're confused. And it's sad. God is the ruler. Write it down. All our campuses of everything. So I should worship and submit to him. Don't try to go on your own. Don't be the Tower of Babel. Don't you, Adam and Eve, we want to become God. We want to become like God. No, don't, no, forget it. He is God. We're his creation. Now, look at verse 27. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So Paul's bringing another bridge again. Oh, I know what you guys believe. I know, I know what your poets, your poets have said. So as we shared last weekend, Paul says the same thing. When God created man, he put in man a search mode. And unless God resides in you, nothing satisfies us. We're always searching. 
We're searching for something. We don't even know what it is, but that search mode is there. A desire to know him, to find him, and to have a relationship with him. Now, men in Athens were using idols to fill that void. Doesn't matter what you put in there. It won't take the place of God. Now, how does God reveal himself? Paul says he, he, he reveals himself. How does he reveal himself? Number one, he reveals himself through our conscience. You were born with a conscience. Now, you can harden it, but a conscience means God's speaking to us. Some of you that aren't Christians, today God's already speaking to you at our campuses. What you're hearing, maybe for the first time, you can have a personal relationship. You were wrong, and that word is right. You mean I can actually have? And that conscience is saying, you need to get right with God. That's a great thing. Second, how does he create? How does he uh, reveal himself? Creation. When you look up at the skies and you see all this amazing, when you see different parts of the world and you go, thank you, God, for the big bang. I don't think so. Anything I've done with the big bang, you can't even understand what it looks like after I did the big bang. Do you know what I mean? Here's what I want you to write. God is your creator. He not just the creator of the world. He created you in his own image. Worship God who wants to know you personally. He's not aloof. John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you. The only, listen, the only, listen, the only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you've sent. You can know God personally, and you know him through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Paul then says this, because all these images are being made, brilliant people, skillfully designed. If you ever go to Thailand and and you go into some of their temples, the Buddha of gold is just incredible to look at. But watch what Paul says in verse 29. Therefore, since we are God's offspring... We should not think that the divine being is like, isn't this interesting? Is like gold or silver or stone. An image made by man's design and skill. So Paul says, think about it. You were created by the creator. God must be greater than his creation. So you're going to create an idol that represents God made by you since you were created? That makes no sense at all. God cannot be represented by some idol that we have made. No matter how skillful, they will all be lifeless, unapproachable, nothing to say to you, nothing to do for you, simply man-made idols. But what were they doing? Worshiping them when they couldn't receive worship. Paul saw a need. His heart became burdened, and he opened his mouth to share the good news. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark how the Lord has prepared each of us to value and impact others. Paul is perhaps the best example of this. He challenged religious leaders, but did so humbly. As you take the message of Christ to people in all different walks of life, remember that you are to represent the person of Jesus everywhere you go. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What makes God different from anything or anyone else that man has worshipped over the years? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners that God is the provider of everything, ruler of everything, and our creator. Despite all these qualities and accomplishments, he desires to know you personally. There's no one that deserves our worship or our praise than the Almighty God who gave himself for us. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.